So we are now recording, and I'm going to take us live to Facebook, and uh, we're going to talk about how our worlds are being affected by this pandemic. Uh, we're going live to my at Phil Circle Music page, and uh, I will share it from there and tag you all and stuff. Um, Chris, do you want me to, to, when I tag people, you want me to tag Flats and Sharp? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks. Yeah, they, they should know that you're an, an active member of the community in, in more ways than one, I think, right? So. How are you doing this, Phil? How is this going live on Facebook? So there's a setting way, way down in, in the advanced settings of Zoom that huh. allows you to go live Facebook, live YouTube, and live Facebook business. And then uh, it links up to whatever your pages happen to be on there. Well, how about that? Mary, do you want me, do you want to go, you go by Mary Renard Liss? Is that the preferred? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's where most of my uh, my communications take place. I have a Mary Renard page, but I woefully neglect it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so this is the special stay at home podcast today. I did the uh, I did the uh, here we go we're going live I did the uh, across the pond cast with Dave Arcari from Glasgow Scotland yeah that was fun yeah last week he's, he's a fun guy and uh, we should be uh, we should be live. Cool. Uh, Waiting for the notification. Yeah. It says it's live to me. I'm oh too. yeah, on the screen. All right, folks, we are live on the Book of Faces. I am uh, delighted to be here doing this special pod podcast of life, music, and the pursuit of answers. Um, so it's a year since I launched this podcast sort of randomly from Los Angeles uh, when I found when I, I found myself talking for an hour to our, our Airbnb host when I was there recording my album Baritones last year last March. Uh, while I was there uh, my wife Megan and I got together with uh, our friend Mary Renard Liss and uh, I, I ended up recording her for a podcast and the now defunct Corky's the yes. restaurant that got shut down and replaced with the Chick-fil-A. There's just something wrong. Oh, about no. That. I didn't know that. No, Corky's was so great. That it makes had, me It had so much history, too. They, yes. It was used in a lot of movies and things. And, you know, so we did, a, we did a, a podcast there with Mary and I. We did a podcast with my Airbnb host who turned out to be a two-time Grammy-nominated nominated drummer. 
and we did a podcast with my good friend Ted Wolfers, who's out there. Um, and, uh, you know, and it went from there. So podcast number four, episode number four was Mary Renard Liss, who if you're watching on the Book of Faces, or the video uh, is right below me on the Brady Bunch uh, f uh, gallery view that we have here. To my left on my t uh, is my wife, Megan Course, who is in episode number 13. We're not superstitious, fortunately. And uh, then below Megan is Chris Bell, the owner of Flats and Sharp Music, somebody I had the great pleasure of working with, teaching at her two locations in Chicago. Uh, and she was on episode number eight, and I'm just excited that I remember what number they all were because I looked it up like early this morning. And I'm not sure the coffee had kicked in. So uh, let's go around the, the, the room, so to speak. Um, and thank you all um, for, for taking the time to do this today. It's, uh, you know, it's this weird misconception that people have, especially if you're in the arts, I've noticed. Um, that, oh, you must have more time to do stuff now that you can't go anywhere. And it's actually a mad dash to try and accomplish things. I think, Megan, you've done more auditions in the last week than I can recall you ever doing. Because everybody's- Wow. You know, everybody's Everyone's just, yeah, jumping right online. It's been crazy. Uh, a lot of big casting offices are doing um, open calls because they want to see new faces. Uh, because they're bored, I guess. I don't know. So yeah, I've probably done ten auditions in the last week. <laughs> wow! And that's the job of an actor when they're not in an actual, you know, gig. You know, on, on stage or behind, you know, in front of the camera or what have you. And and Chris, uh, I, I, you know, one of my first thoughts when I knew I had to shut down my teaching studio, one of my next thoughts was, I wonder how Chris is doing. Because not only do I know that's your, your livelihood, but I know how much you, you care about the work that you're doing. Flats and Sharp is the second biggest private lesson facility in Chicago after the Old Town School of Folk Music. And that's quite a, quite a mantle to carry. And, and I know you, you, you care about the people that you're, you're teaching and you care about the people that are doing the teaching. So I was like, wow, I hope they're not totally screwed. And I found out you're not. You're working harder than ever. True story, true story. And so you've got uh, all the teachers doing Zoom uh, lessons. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, we have uh, 22 teachers teaching from home over 500 students. And we, we did not miss one lesson. We mobilized in 72 hours. And, um, and, and it was a we. Uh, my, my two managers at the store, Ashley and Justin, um, they're part superhero. They were absolutely amazing. They, they, they sprang to action and uh, the teachers uh, rolled with it and it's been really successful so far. So and we're stable. That's great. That's, that's so bad. That's really just, that's amazing to me because uh, one of the biggest fears in Chicago uh, with the, 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 the music community has been the amount of sudden unemployment. I talked to one guy who had 28 gigs canceled. You know, that's, yeah. that's, 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 you know, a lot of pay that there's not a replacement for. But when I was meeting uh, with the, uh, we did a meeting just like this on, on Zoom, uh, we, uh, uh, with the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, the year of Chicago music is this year, 2020. 
well, it's going to be an unforgettable year in a lot of ways, and that's probably not going to be one of them. Uh, right. And uh, the first meeting that we had, as soon as everything was ordered that we shelter in place, everybody was ordered that we shelter in place, the only concern that uh, the heads of our committee had and that the, uh, the, the uh, commissioner and the deputy commissioner had uh, for the city of Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs was, what do we do about all the musicians that are suddenly out of work? So it was the same thing. It was just an immediate mobilization. You know, yeah, whatever. We've canceled all our events through July. There'll be no Blues Fest for the first time ever. You know, uh, but uh, th that doesn't matter. What do we do about all the musicians? So their entire page is now dedicated to resources. I spent two days getting through the page, even wow. though it was half the stuff I didn't qualify for, because they've got stuff for everybody in the performing arts up there. So it's that kind of mobilization that... Uh, oftentimes will open up, I think, a whole new uh, line of resources and a whole new line of skills. That we didn't Phil, what was the website that you found all those resources on? So it's the City of Chicago. Um, I don't know the exa exact website, but it's okay. cityofchicago.gov slash dcase. Oh, the dcase, right. right. Okay, right. Cultural Affairs, special events. You can, awesome. You can you know, Google it up and, and, and they, if you can't find the immediate page, there's a big old banner at the top of everything. I found, and through that I found Billboard Magazine is the next one I'm going through. Billboard Magazine has turned their entire website into what can we do to help. And, you know, again, there's plenty of stuff one might not qualify for, but Megan and I found one immediately and we've already got the checks, you know? Wow, all right, you guys, awesome. And it yeah. wasn't huge, huge money, but it was it was Chicago Playwright, uh, uh, and there was a bike ride canceled uh, because of all this, and I guess they put the money toward, you know, if you lost a gig, send us an email, say you lost a gig, we'll send you a check, and they met. Wow. wow. You know? Now, uh, on to Mary. Um, How's it going out there in Los Angeles? Well, we've been uh, shelter in place for three weeks now. Um, Everybody is very cooperative, uh, you know, because filmmaking, well, as you all know, theater in general is interdependent. So, uh, you know, when, when you're staying at home, there really aren't any opportunities to do the work that you're used to. Uh, I, I am also a writer, so I've been spending my time when I'm not glued to uh, all the news programs, you know, following what's what's going on. I've been spending my time working on, I've got several screenplays and a couple of treatments uh, that I was hoping to be pitching by now, but you know, then when this is all over, uh, this gives me a chance to polish them and, you know, rethink some sections of them, things like that. So I've, I've been working on that and just really missing the, um, the, the fun, you know, it's like you take it for granted, you, you know, the artistic fun that we have uh, working together and working off of each other and uh, being amazed at the creativity of, of one another, you know, growing that way when you work with other actors and other artists in general. But um, I'm, I'm hanging in there and uh, it seems like there's light, light at the end of the tunnel now, I've been hearing, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm amazed. That's so great that you and Megan, uh, that there are people out there who are helping musicians and people who are out of work. That's, that's wonderful. That I, really, I applaud people for doing that. Yeah, Chicago's really 
jumped on it. In Illinois in general, there's um, there's another fund called the threearts.org slash artist relief. And they do a lottery of grants for artists that have applied. And um, gosh, there's so many. I shared so many of these in the last um, in the last week because Chicago's just like, Help, uh, the community is so great here. They're just, everyone's sharing all the resources they have. Um, the Actors Fund is the other big one. The Actors Fund is a national organization. And they are, um, they have a list of all the COVID-19 resources that actors and theater people can apply for, on-camera people, um, entertainment workers as well, all the crew, so, yeah. Do we think we've learned anything? So I, I there's some questions I, I wanted to pose. We know that, first of all, this is, I mean, this this is not entirely unprecedented. There have been other pandemics. Pandemic doesn't mean that everybody dies from it. We have pandemics of the flu and the cold every year uh, where, you know, oh, there's some specific cold virus getting around on the, you know, through United Airlines and stuff, you know, around the planet. But this is a deadly pandemic. And then uh, uh, we had a deadly pandemic in 1918 they call it the Spanish flu, and I want to just correct to the entire world that it started in Haskell, Kansas. They called it the Spanish flu because uh, Spain at the time was neutral in world during World War One. So they were the only ones reporting deaths as a result because these other countries didn't want to appear weak, even though 25% of their population was dying from a, an influenza pandemic. So then it got called the Spanish flu. So. They, you know, that was just another way we got to blame somebody else for our problems. But it started in Haskell, Kansas, uh, at a Navy base, an American Navy, I mean, Army base, and spread around from there. Um, did we learn anything from that? I, uh, uh, my feeling is yes, because we've immediately sheltered in place. And in fact, there was at that time two cities in particular that were given that you know that, that uh, did opposite things about their break out of the of the the, the Haskell Kansas flu um, and that was st. Louis decided in the 1918 pandemic to shelter in place like like we're doing all over the country now and um, had a lot fewer deaths Philadelphia on the other hand uh, and this is nothing against Philadelphia uh, it's just what happened then decided to go ahead with their their parade uh, to send the troops off to, you know, win World War I. And uh, as a result, they had higher than, than normal deaths. So I feel like maybe we, maybe we learned from that. A lot of people didn't even know that that pandemic existed. We're going to be followed with a, we're going to be following this with a recession. There's no two ways about it. Uh, Moody's released a report today that our, uh, uh, job loss of 29% is higher than it was at the height of the Great Depression. It's not going to sustain like that, but it, it's, it's going to have an effect. It's pretty much a given that worldwide we're going to go into a recession. Whether it's as big as the financial crisis of 2008, I don't know. I'm only the son of an economist. But I, uh, uh, I would, you know, it's pretty much a given we're going to go into a recession. What have we learned? Because any of us have been through recessions. Megan and I started dating, by the way, 12 years ago, like in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, right, right as that recession you know, kicked in, and it took a, about a year or two for, the, for it to become the Great Recession. 
I also remember uh, as a, a young man, preteen, uh, sort of the gas crisis of the 70s. Um, I was raised by, you know, a, a man who lived through the Great Depression and never felt like he had enough money, even though there was plenty of it going around the house. Um, you see the effects of these things on people's uh, uh, psyche. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, Chris, you and I were around the same age. We grew up, uh, you know, high school and college age through like uh, the, you know, the Cold War and watching the end of the Cold War and the very real fears of that and, and, and such, you know. Um, you know, we, we've all seen different aspects of, of the, the, the crises that happen in our society. Does, what, do you, what do you think? Have we learned anything yet? Well, I, I'm, I'm angry that this is my second recession I have to go through where <laughs> some people got to go be in business their whole life and they didn't have a recession. And now I get my second one in business. Um, you know, I, I have, I, I feel um, a little more prepared than perhaps someone else who didn't go through 2008. Um, you know, I, I, I did an interview uh, earlier today and, um, you know, we didn't feel the effect. So we we're not entering a recession, just so you know, we're, we are technically 100% by definition in a recession right now. It's, it's we're there. And um, same thing with the housing crash in 2008. We didn't feel it until 2009 because what, what's happened is all the projects, construction projects are funded right now. Those guys are still working. Those people are still working. Um, expansions of departments at universities, it's funded. Those people are working. But what's happened is right now, everything has stopped. There is no planning. There will be no projects in nine months from now. There will be no future growth happening in nine months from now because you need to plan for that, right? So um, where, where I would think actually the majority of us, you know, thinking about it are stable right now, that's gonna start to fall to the wayside. In my, in my opinion, and, and you know, it's how it, how it works, you know, it's, it takes about nine months to really feel the effects. And uh, remember that was, one industry that was the housing industry that failed mm -hmm. this is all the industries failing and um by all projections we'll be in a depression in about nine months from now and that's my fear that's the anxiety that's in my chest not right now i'm stable but in nine months from now i'm i'm yeah that's my anxiety so do you feel like we haven't, uh, and, and anybody can, can respond to this too, do, do you feel like uh, we, we haven't learned, therefore, uh, how to create uh, some sort of stability? Uh, we, we, as, soon as, as soon as we recovered from the last uh, uh, recession, everybody just started spending willy-nilly and taking great risks. Um, the gig economy grew more than ever before. Uh, because people were, were or, or did the gig economy grow like never before because people were anxious to make as many quick dollars as they could. And now they put, now, now everybody's in a position where 
many of these same people are, are without work. You know, these are these. Are, you know, I'm thinking out loud about this stuff. But does this mean that we haven't that we didn't learn from the last time? What do we think? Well, I, I think that that a lot of people have learned, but they we can't seem to get the leadership to put what the type of world that we want to live into to make it a reality. You know, so, so many people, um, you know, want, want uh, the citizens of the world to all live a decent life, to all have health care, to all um, have a home, to all, uh, you know, have basic human needs met. I, I think that we can all agree on that. Yet we, we can't, we don't have the leadership to implement what the citizens want, the citizens of our country, but I think the citizens of the world. You know, it's a, in, in my opinion, it's a failure of leadership. Now, having having said that, I, I don't know what the solution is. It's so complicated. I mean, human nature is so complicated. I, I will say, though, that people during this epidemic have cared for one another. You know, we shelter in place because if we're a carrier, if we're not sick, but we're possibly a car carrier, we don't want to get other people sick. I mean, I've seen so much goodwill, so much caring for our neighbors, you know, and I, I do believe that that component, uh, component of human nature is the strongest one. Yet, you know, we, we are subjected to people who are so greedy you know, who are in positions of leadership, who've got all kinds of crazy deals going on constantly all over the world that the, that what the, the, the normal citizens of the world want doesn't seem to ever be implemented, or if it is, it's briefly. Like I was fortunate enough to have a childhood right after World War II, well, during the 50s, which was a very idyllic time. You know, one parent worked, uh, we never locked our doors. People basically had what they needed. You know, I did experience that for a short period of time. But then I believe it was in the 70s where this kind of culture of greed took over again. So I, I really think that, that, and I think this has also been, um, this last period in history, and I, don't, I know I don't want to get too political, has really shined a light on what's going on in our world politically. And I think that, that people really have to take seriously their job as citizens and to, to get the kind of leadership uh, to provide what our aspirations are and what we're capable of as people. And again, having said that, I don't know how, how to do it. I, it's other than take personal responsibility, you know, to try to, um, to, try to implement those things in your own life and in daily living, which I think we're doing right now. You know, with, you, you say, did we learn anything? I think that's something we're learning, you know. Well, I think it's something we inherently know, but it's something we're doing is we're taking personal responsibility for ourselves and for our fellow citizens, you know, to end this, this epidemic. But um, I, I guess the takeaway from what I'm trying to say is that we really need, we really need leadership not people who are going to be doing all these deals to make themselves billionaires. Not that I not that I have anything against the billionaire class, I don't. But I think that there has to be there ha has to be fairness, there has to be justice for all people. You know, the billion the billions shouldn't be made on the backs of people and as a result of stealing or cheating people or denying them basic human rights. So, 
Yeah. Anyway, that's that's well put, man. Yeah. And I, yeah. and, and I, the personal responsibility aspect of it, and what we're and, and you saying what we're doing right here is an example of uh -huh. what people can do. I think is is pretty key, isn't it? Yes, I do. I really do think personal responsibility is the only way to do it because it's so overwhelming. You know, it's so oh. overwhelming. And I feel less overwhelmed getting together with the three of you. And that's oh. why I like doing this because, you know, by, by us saying, let's get together and talk about this openly and honestly for all oh. to see and all to hear, oh. uh, we're saying, don't forget you're not alone in this to the rest of yeah. anybody who might hear this or see this. You're not alone in this. We have anxieties too. I heard a really great thing uh, yesterday in a meeting with some some leadership uh, that I'm involved with, and uh, one of the the the, the team said, um, you know, let as a leader you have to let people know your problems and your faults because you become human, you become accessible, and I think that that's an a, an incredible trend that I'm seeing that I find very promising with the kinds of leaders that we do need is that they're saying, yeah, I'm just, I feel just as overwhelmed as you. I feel just as screwed as you. I mean, I don't know what to do, but we got to do something. And the uh -huh. personal responsibility as a citizen to say, I want to do something, citizen of the world is a perfect terminology. I, I like that a lot. And I think that, that and, and I've heard some in, in mainstream media, you know, just open talk about how that's a part of what's being accomplished right here. And the fault of this, the, the governments around the globe dealing with this pandemic is that they didn't recognize that we we're all citizens of the same world, that they uh -huh. did not cooperate, did not collaborate, did not represent people as a whole to uh -huh. uh, keep, keep this from spreading more quickly or to help each other with, with uh, uh, the resources, et cetera. And, and now it, here we are, you know, so it's uh -huh. a, 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 the, the for, for me, it's the same thing without getting, digging into the political well. Um, but a, a government, a religious institution, uh, any of these sorts of, of, of institutions should be of service to the people, never uh -huh. the other way around. When it becomes uh -huh. the other way around, they are failing. And uh -huh. that's, you know, so, so uh, you know, we, we get a lot done as people, too. I, I think uh -huh. a whole lot. Uh, that's changed. Uh, Megan, what do, you, what, what do you got to say here? Uh, I, I've been thinking about the, the 2008 recession and um, I had so much more fear back then. I was also only 25 when it happened, but um, I had just quit a very lucrative but difficult job at an animal hospital and I was going to be a waitress and pursue my acting career. And uh, then the economy crashed, and I lost my uh, my my savings, and my um, my market. Uh, what is it called for? What did I have? Mutual funds. Yeah, mutual funds. Yeah. Went down the toilet um, from my grandparents, and uh, and I didn't know what to do then. I was just starting out. So um, right now, I feel positive with. I feel like I have a community around me that I didn't have then. I feel like people in general are so much more generous than they were back then, uh, just with their time and with 
their support, um, with their ingenuity, just the way people are just stepping up and making masks. Like almost everyone I know is making masks on their own for people and yeah. it's such a beautiful thing. Um, and I don't remember seeing anything like that 12 years ago. Um, there was no stepping forward and people saying, what can I do to help you? Like there is today. I, I feel positive that this is a great movement for, for like Mary was saying, like the people have to take responsibility. I think we are. I think we're making all the right moves and the leadership needs to follow us because <laughs> we're doing all the right things and we're showing how our, the reaction should be and how we should take care of each other. Um, and I think empowering ourselves in that way is going to make a huge change in the way government and society is run, or at least it should. And I hope, I hope that it does change things. You know, a hundred uh, years ago, I keep going back to a hundred years ago. I don't know, maybe it was a past life for me. I don't know. But in, in 1917, China and Russia both uh, were in the throes of great change. It became modern communist China and then the Soviet Union. But right before they moved into the the, uh, the those functions, they had uh, democratic government for a minute, uh, and I won't go into the details as to why that failed, but I'll throw in there that the U.S. didn't help, uh, and you can you can look at Woodrow Wilson for that and read some books and stuff. But uh, for a minute, China and Russia had democratic elections, and they had the greatest voter turnout still in the history of democratic elections. To this day, nobody wow. has beaten the, the turnout that uh, early non-Tsarist pre-Soviet Russia had and that early non-communist uh, post-empire China had. And uh, I don't know, I guess because it didn't go that way, you could say, therefore, it failed. But there, 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 I can, I can, uh, if you trust my knowledge of history, I can tell you that it didn't fail for lack of people trying. Uh, uh -huh. It was even a hundred years ago, there was a need for the world to function as a society unto itself. Now, more than ever, we, we are, we have a, a world that we are all citizens on, you know? Yeah. You know, Mary, I'm, I'm curious. I, I feel like in uh, Illinois and Chicago, uh, uh, personally, I think the mayor has been in front of this and uh, as well as Governor Pritzker, I think wow. it, for Illinois and Chicago, I feel like our local um, leadership has been as strong as it can be in this situation. How, how do you feel about the local leadership in California or LA where you are? Yeah, well, quite frankly, my opinion has changed for the better. Because when I first got here, I went into culture shock. The, the homeless population is just out of control out here. I mean, there's people living in tents on, on residential side streets, you know, and under every viaduct. And I was like, why isn't the governor uh, doing something about this? And you know, gas prices are so expensive. The the cost of housing is so expensive. You know, and there are movements out here that housing is a human right. And I was like, well, you know, why why isn't government acting on this? But now, since this pandemic, Governor Newsom has really uh, done a great job. Like he got us to shelter in place early. 
like uh, we're we're uh, we, we've been holding steady, you know, so we're we're doing fairly well as a state. But I'm more impressed that he's gotten grants to get these hotels, uh, empty hotels, and to turn them into housing Amazing. for the homeless. Yeah, so he, he's taking he's taking this opportunity as tragic as it is, you know, to to uh, get the homeless off the streets and to get them into shelter, you know, where where they will be safe and also where the rest of the population will be safe because they were they were still vulnerable living out on the streets. You know, if COVID uh, there was a COVID uh, outbreak among the homeless, it would be extremely tragic for them and dangerous for everyone. So um, I've been very impressed about how Governor Newsom has handled this and he's handled um, he's handled his uh, communication with the Trump administration, you know, very in a very positive manner and gotten very good results. You know, I, I watch, you know, some of the other governors go on the attack and uh, you know I, I don't doubt that what they're saying but i wonder if, if that's the way to get the kind of results that they're looking for you know then i see gov how governor newsom handled it so uh with such diplomacy and uh got you know formed a great relationship you know with the administration so i'm i'm very yeah very uh impressed with the way the governor has handled this situation and very uh, glad to know, because my family is all in Chicago, you know, very glad to know that you feel that the mayor is doing a great job. I, I heard that there's, uh, uh, was is it McCormick Place that's being turned into a hospital? Yes. My God, I I mean, that terrifies me. You know, all these hospitals, there's been hospitals going up all over the place and with thousands and thousands of bed, I, I, beds, I, I certainly hope that they're not going to be utilized. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that we're prepared. But yeah, my Governor Newsom is on it, and I'm very happy to hear that uh, Mayor Lightfoot is on it as well. So what we're talking about too is the opportunities that grow out of this. Uh -huh. So the the, the opportunity uh, in the case of. of uh, these politicians to show how things can be accomplished, how things can be uh, partisan politics can be forgotten about. Um, the opportunity—that's that, so, that's such a strong point, Phil. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's such a strong point. Yeah, to you know, under these tragic circumstances, I'm sorry it had to happen this way, but you know, finally people are working together. In, in a nonpartisan way, you know, most of them, they're still political fighting, but most of them. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's a, that, that's a, I'm glad you find that a strong point, you know? Yeah. yeah what other opportunities uh, do any of, uh, any of you all see uh, with this or what opportunities personally have you, have you tapped into as a result of this, uh, either in, in your, in your work, Chris, as a, you know, owning uh, two music stores, and and I, I should let people know too that Chris, you know, Chris's knowledge of, of the construct world of construction is not uh, random. Uh, she was a union pipe fitter for a long time, and she, in fact, Chris should have a podcast uh, called "I Know a Guy" because it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's so, you know, yeah. I'll tell you the way um, it, it's unfortunate, but I, 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 uh, I'm, 
in a lot of uh, webinars with colleagues that own uh, music stores across the country. And, um, uh, you know, a guitar center just laid off 9,000 out of their 11,000 employees wow. or furloughed. I think that means the furloughed. same thing. Oh, oh yeah. It, it means or put them on hold, back. right? Yeah, furloughed okay. is a little better than, than laid off because okay. you still have a tie with, like, the job will be there when everything starts back up. So, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, they've been riddled with bankruptcies and troubles. Um, music and arts did the same thing, and we're hearing about. Uh, you know, in, in, in this music industry, the closures and, um, you know, all, I mean, we're the last game in town and I think it's because we're the only CPS vendor. So we're providing to educators and students um, that, you know, we're, we're, we're down to a one man shop, but we're still doing curbside pickups. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, there's a, benefit to being the only game in town, you know, and um, so on a very, you know, personal micro level, uh, we're seeing, you know, our organization and, and staff kind of rose to the top. Yeah, yeah I, uh, on, on a personal level for me too, I had just started doing self taping services for, for fellow actors and because of that, I've been trying to like up my own self tape game and get my own equipment and do all that. And now all of a sudden that's all we can do is self tapes. So um, I've been able to feel very comfortable in this transition. It hasn't been a shock to me to just stay at home and do auditions. Um, I know that's not the case for a lot of actors. So a lot of actors like myself are trying to be a resource for people who want to, to learn about the self taping setup and um, and the community itself is jumping on that. I mean, we have casting directors and schools that are doing free webinars to, to teach actors about all these resources as well. So um, I think it's a great time for actors to be able to take charge of their own career. Um, like I was saying earlier, there's all these open calls that are being done by casting offices that, you know, that uh, cast NCIS and big films like uh, Wonder Woman and <laughs> trying to think of what else, uh, Fleabag in, in, in the UK, that, that great show Fleabag, that casting directors posting open calls. I mean, there's so many crazy opportunities that are coming out of this for, for our industry um, to have a direct connection to these people that we never ever would have had a direct connection with before. Oh, so, very odd benefit. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, we're even thinking now that we, I mean, we were dabbling in virtual lessons anyways before this, but now we've sort of perfected it and worked out all the kinks. And now a teacher, if you don't, if you don't feel well, well then don't come in, just teach from your home. Hmm. You have all the equipment, we all have a system, um, great. Why, why lose the income? We can set you up. And even reaching out to teachers, previous teachers that don't live uh, in Chicago anymore and, and, and have master classes and webinars in this way. So that's something that's opened up too, for sure. Great. Well, that was one of the things for me too, was the, uh, 
I had already been doing online lessons for students who had moved out of town and wanted to get a brush, brush up here and there. I really, uh, especially the kind of teaching that I do, I really like to be in the room with somebody because of the subtleties that I depend on that even our wonderful technology doesn't quite give me. Uh, also, if they don't have the best equipment. So I actually contacted Shure <coughs> Microphone, so I'm doing that shout out to them again to remind them uh, to see. Come on, to see if they wanted to provide uh, work in affiliate work out an affiliate program uh, to provide microphones for my clientele because I'm not uh, an inexpensive music coach and so to, to pr provide people who want to work online and I, I've also had people who want to work online just because they don't want to drive in from like Wisconsin, Indiana, or DeKalb, or something like that, and you know, so they could get here, but they don't want to spend three hours for an hour lesson, kind of thing. Uh, but it'd be nice to be able to send them. You know, well, here, you, you know, when you pay your first tuition payment, I'll provide you with a quality microphone and, and webcam. Although you can't find the, the most popular webcam in the world anywhere online except Australia right now. The, the, the Logitech 920. They've sold out everywhere. I was looking yesterday, but I've been using this. Phil, I just bought eight of them two weeks ago. I was the last one. Chris, that's what that's what happened. Did you pay like fair market price, or were they like a hundred dollars a piece or something? No, they were seventy bucks each. Yeah, that's what they that's they're they're going right. Yeah, see, and I didn't move quick enough. I've got still got a a large attack, but it was not not that one. But yeah, that, that I've taken the opportunity to research things that I didn't give a whole lot of uh, thought to, like, you know, live streaming, uh, getting the better quality uh, of music performance and that sort of stuff. It turned out I had some of the things I already needed. I just, you know, uh, but it, you know, and then providing the resources. So I've been using the same page of broadcasting on Facebook on right now. Uh, I've been pretty much filling it out with anything that I, you know, filling the page with anything that I can find that's a resource to people. The next thing I'm going to have is all kinds of recommendations for getting a better live stream uh, where you don't have to spend $4,000. I was telling Megan when we were, uh, last night we were talking about this, um, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, so all of a sudden I, you know, I need this and then I need that and then Oh, in order to get this, I need in a USB hub, but I need USB C, and I've got this, so I have to buy. So I basically, I've got to spend about five thousand dollars before I can do a proper live stream. No, that's not the case. I could probably pull it together for a little bit less than that, you know. So it can be really easy when you go down that rabbit hole uh, to to get uh, uh, you know the feeling like you just can't do it, and then you just want to give up. So there's a whole lot of, of remembering the, the, the adage that sometimes good enough is good enough. And, uh, you know. So. You know, Phil, you're, you're talking about all these sophisticated, complex uh, technology things. I was ready to give up when I couldn't find the microphone. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... Uh, I, I am in awe of technology. I mean, the fact that we're doing this is just wonderful and that, you know, people are able to do this that democratizes, you know, the the uh, viewing platforms for artists. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess I worry, you know, that, that, that this is taking the place of human contact, 
Mm. And as you said earlier, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, being in, in the room, you know, to feel, you can feel the person you're working with. You know, you can look in their eyes. You know, a lot of um, psychologists have, have uh, written articles about the death of empathy because of the internet, because we don't look into each other's eyes and empathy comes from that bonding through looking into each other's eyes. So the internet is so awesome. I mean, it's really awesome. But at the same time, you know, human interaction is, it, it, it shouldn't fall by the wayside. And I just hope, I hope it won't. You know, maybe I'm being an alarmist, but I just hope it won't. And I'm a little resistant to technology, I think, because of that. And also because when I do technology too much, I get eye strain, I get terrible headaches. I don't know how people can their computers as long as they do. Well, Mary, that's um, uh, us as artists, right? That's our job yeah. to make sure that that human connection continues. Mm. I, th yeah. I think that's something artists in particular bring to the table. Yes, absolutely. The, the uh, stories passing down of information and uh, the stories and what Phil said earlier, just even in this podcast, um, you know, hopefully reaching some people who it means something to to say you're not alone. You know, we're we're all feeling anxiety, and you know, you you know, there's so many people out here since I've been in California. There's you know, young kids that come out here to be actors, and it's so expensive here that they they have a job. You know, many of them have a job, but they're living in their car. You know, uh, because housing is so expensive out here. You know, and to to say to those people, you're not you're not alone, you know, and um, hang hang in there. And even in this pandemic, it must be so much harder for them in this pandemic that uh, you're not alone. And in that sense, the internet is an incredible tool. You know, well, it's but, as with as with any any tool that we have, we're going to find problems with it. I like flying yeah. places, but I hope I, I'd rather the plane not crash. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, so it's, it's uh, but I, I and, and, and I feel like every time I, I get the hang of one piece of technology, they, they advance it and it becomes, like, I know, I, yeah. like I want to, I want a written guarantee for the next thing that I buy that they won't make it obsolete in 18 months. Right. But I also, you know, that doesn't mean I want to go back to the wax cylinder. Uh, I realize yeah. that my car is broken now that we have electric cars that go fast and look nice, you know, because I have a gas combustion engine. And literally in mainstream, like the, the, the you know, big automakers, the gas industry um, uh, and, and are all saying that by 2030, that will not, a gas combustion engine will not be the norm. So, I, but, but I still need to get around. And I'm still going to, to, to look forward to when the electric car becomes faster. And then they'll figure out what to do about the lithium battery and all the waste and, and uh -huh. every trouble that comes of mining it and you know, the, the resources for that. So it seems like with everything that we move forward with, we run into more problems. But don't forget that pundits were saying uh, in the 1970s, uh, and I was a weird kid you know so i i was like in the late 70s i was preteen. um i was reading science magazines and stuff and they were saying when the world population reached four or five billion we'd all starve to death and now oh. we have less famine than we've ever had yeah it's partly because we have you know learned uh through 
technological advances, uh, partly, uh, but also human resourcefulness in general. We've learned ways to, to provide more widely for each other. And when we find problems now, we speak up a lot more quickly. GMO, billions of dollars spent on GMOs. And then everybody just said, nah, I don't want GMOs. So unless you say no GMO on your packaging, I'm not buying your product. And there was uh -huh. nothing these huge corporations could do anything to do about it except start responding. And Tyson Chicken went from the epitome of the, the factory farm, you know, the most heinous way to raise chickens to now it's like no antibiotics ever, you know, on their packaging. Right. So uh -huh. people do have a ton more power than they believe. And now yeah. more so than ever. The only thing that stopped the strikes in Hong Kong that had been that were going on uh, for almost a year uh, was the was COVID nineteen. You know, it was like the, the, that, that you know because and, and it was a, a these were you know started just as student movements for more democracy in protest to a, a law that they were trying to pass for extradition uh, to mainland China. And even when that was rescinded, they said, yeah, but that's not enough because we know you're going to pull something else out of your hat. And, and, they just, and, and all of those, the, the, these kids, they'll give up, you know, because mainstream people would be upset with it. Mainstream people started taking to the street. Oh, they'll give up when the economy's getting you know, roughed up in Hong Kong and the economy got roughed up and, and businesses started supporting. You know, so people have a ton of, of power and we have right now this amazing opportunity uh through the the widespread communication of that person walking toward me down the street suddenly matters again uh you know and then the widespread communication uh of, of you are not alone in this and we've got this and and cbs took my slogan we're all in this together and hashtagged it. I was so glad to see something like that used that I thought was just some hippie slogan I pulled out of my posterior and then using <laughs> that mainstream media, you know. But I I love it. I think I think that these these are the opportunities that we need to not forget we had. Because wow. I think that human connection, Mary, uh, and that empathy, I'm totally with you on that. It is so difficult. Uh, here we went from oh technology is is killing empathy and and uh, kids especially younger generation as kids to me is anybody like Megan's age or younger you know uh, so I guess that's when you when you, I'll be fifty four next on, on Easter yeah so uh, but uh, you know it, the loneliness epidemic and all this kind of stuff all of a sudden now everybody on the planet is understanding what loneliness really means what this loneliness epidemic is. It's not just some kind of talk about those kids who won't get off their phones. Now we're all dying to get on our phones and communicate with each other and get on our computers and communicate with each other. And the, and the empathy is you know, making its way across the, the internet through the technology. And as soon as we're allowed out, we're gonna be hugging strangers, you know, <laughs> after we ask them if they got the antibodies, you know, first, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, what, what other, so as three women that I admire, uh, what do you uh, to wrap this up? Tell me, um, where are we going from here? What what's what do you, what what do you want the outcome to be, or what do you think the outcome is going to be? What what are we going to? Well, well, first of all, Phil, I want to say thank you for that. That was just really well put, and it reminded me of something a very very dear friend of mine said uh, just the other night: is you have to have faith in people 
that we're, we're looking at people who are laying down their lives for us right now, you know, to take care of us and to help us. And uh, as, as you just put so well in what you, what you said, the people do prevail. You said there'll be a loss of empathy, but instead there seems to be a surge in empathy to use the internet empathetically rather than to allow it to kill empathy. So um, we, we have faith in, in each other and to know that uh, people are not alone and to be so, so deeply grateful for the people who are out there right now in the pandemic, but even, you know, without the pandemic, the, the police force, the firemen, the doctors, the nurses, there's so many people out there that lay their, will lay their life down, the military, for us on a daily basis, you know? To be so, so grateful. And again, to have faith in each other and to know we're not alone. Right Sweet. Chris? You know, Mary, you, um, I, I really think what'll come out of this is that that global citizen, you know, term you use, um, you know, like 9-11, all of us in the States, we all know where we were, you know, our parents all know where they were when Kennedy was shot, you know, wow. this is worldwide. You know, you can travel to any country in five years from now and talk about where you were during this time. And this is kind of an anchor point in history globally. And I think that's kind of an interesting point. And, um, you know, I know for myself, every day I take one hour and I catch up with an old friend on the phone. I've been doing that every day I, I, because I have an extra hour now. And, and one of my, my favorite stories out of this is one of my um, employees, uh, his mom and dad have been living apart for the last couple of years and uh, mom's moving back home. Uh, his brother's moved back home. He's moving back home and they're getting a dog. He's like, I'm a kid again. This is the best time of my life, you know? And he's got his whole family unit and they're all watching movies and laughing. And, you know, so I guess, you know, if you're if you're in a house with people that you happen to like, you know, uh, you're, you're fortunate because it is a time to to remember why we like each other and why we, we have the friends we have. And I, and I do, I think the personal relationships they're going to come out of this are going to be are going to be what 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 the, the big stuff is uh -huh. and and megan who i hope likes the people she lives with <laughs> uh, what, what, how, how can you wrap it up here? oh wrap it up um gosh i don't know i um i'm trying to think think in the future of what of what this all is going to turn out to be and i'm I'm more scared than I, I would like to admit about how how it's going to affect the economy. Like Chris was saying, I don't know if that was before we got on. Um, you know, the nine the nine months out is when the recession is really going to hit us. And um, I hope that we all remember this feeling that we have right now when that happens, and that we will still do what we can for each other and band together and get through it together and maintain the empathy that has been so beautiful. It, it, it does remind me of, of uh, when 9-11 happened um, and I was in college and 
and it was like strangers we had this shared connection you know you look at each other you know exactly what's going on in the world and you understand what the other person's going through and that's such a rare interest i want to say cool but it's not not cool but it's just fascinating how we cannot know someone we're going through the same thing um so i really hope that 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 connection that we're all creating right now maintains so we'll make t-shirts don't forget COVID 19. yeah you know so the in addition to the antibodies we will all have who survive and our hearts of course go to anybody who has been lost and to anybody who is struggling with it. And uh, let's hope that common sense continues to prevail and people continue to take care of themselves and other people. Um, my, one of my biggest concerns with going out before we were shelter in place ordered was, uh, Megan will tell you, I never get sick. I have like health problems of my own, but I never like I got a flu last year and she got mad at me because I, she's like, you've never gotten the flu in our, in our life. She's like, you never get the flu. What's wrong with you? You know, and, uh, you know, so I worry. I'm like, wow, you know, maybe I'm like typhoid Mary or something. So I don't want to get you know, want somebody sick. And I was while I was disappointed that my 25th anniversary album release show was canceled uh, two days before shelter in place was official. Uh, I was also relieved because I didn't want to be responsible for somebody getting sick and you know right. and dying or or even okay. suffering anyway. And having experienced respiratory failure in in my life due to asthma and I have now COPD on top of it, uh, it's a pretty frightening prospect. It's a pretty helpless place to be when you cannot get your next breath and fighting for each one. I don't wish on anybody, so let's continue to take you know uh, precautions and, and use common sense. And back to the Haskell, Kansas uh, flu of 1918 that they keep calling the Spanish flu. Uh, they it, it dissipated in the spring and it came back in the fall. So be cautious going going in because all viruses tend to go away during warmer weather. So we don't want to get all too excited. Let's all be, you know, be sensible about that. Now I'm not a medical professional. I don't pretend to be, nor do I play one on television. I am not a, an economist or a historian. I'm just a songwriter with this podcast, Life Music and the Pursuit of Answers that I would love to thank these amazing women for joining me today, uh, all of whom were on previous episodes. So. Thanks for coming and celebrating one year of me doing this podcast where we do what we just did, talk openly about the world and try and find something positive amongst all the fertilizer. All right. So uh, everybody thank out there, thank you, thank you, thank you for Bill. Yeah. Bernard List, Chris yes. Bell of Flats and Sharp Music, Megan Course, and I will link people to, to uh, all these folks here and they'll be in the in the information you know so all the names so you know who everybody is etc uh the actual episode will be up just in like a day or two here uh and it is to be found on eight different podcast platforms including anchor uh that fm google podcasts um spotify i think apple podcasts anyway you'll you'll find it just look for me and look for them and uh we'll see y'all later 
I'm going to end the live stream. Thanks for watching Book of Faces Land. Peace. Hold your head up. Nice. Right. Yeah. Are we? Oh my gosh. We're, we're off. That we're was off. so love. That was so lovely, everybody. Okay. I'm so proud to have been a part of it. Yeah. I've got to run, you guys. I'm so sorry. I've got another meeting that's a little late. So. Okay. Yeah, Bye, Megan. Right. Good to see you, Megan. Good to see you. Bye, guys. Chris, glad to hear you're doing well over there. Say hi to everybody. We're we're stable. We're we're stable. That's all. That's all I want to be. Yeah, anymore. that's right. That's right. Stable and so Mary, you're... a pleasure meeting you too. Yeah, you had you had some really that was good uh, food for thought. I'm, yeah, it was a yeah. pleasure to hear you. Yeah, I thought that Phil like really uh, put put a good collection of different types of personalities together, so that it, it was thought provoking for everybody. It was thought provoking for me. I was so interested in all, all your information about business because I I ran a business a long time ago. My husband and I had an actors workshop, but you know since then I've just been you know independently directing and acting and doing things like that. So you know I, I don't know that world, so that was really interesting to me. So it's a pleasure to meet. You. I hope I hope to meet you in person sometime. You know, I hope so or, too. And we yeah. can shake hands and hug and touch. Right. And yeah. all that yeah. stuff's yeah. not allowed to do yeah. right now. Right, yeah. right, you right. All, you all put yourselves together by being the people that responded when I asked who could do one of these. So, uh -huh. you know, nice. It's, it was it was serendipitous. All right. Yeah. Y'all take care. All right, guys. Thanks, you too. Thanks a million. Thanks a million, Phil. You did such a great job. Did. It was like, a good one. Hosting. You're a wonderful host. Thank you kindly. All right. Bye-bye, all.